Hey everyone, this is Chris Odegaard, the Prolific Investor. And if you really want to learn how to level up your life, you should be listening to the Time to Shine Today podcast with my good friend, Scott Ferguson. Let's level it up. Time to Shine Today podcast, Varsity Squad. This is Scott Ferguson. We're at episode 307 with my good friend, Chris Odegaard, the Prolific Investor. This uh, episode actually is a little bit longer, so I apologize for that. But it's me and Chris are kind of really brothers from different mothers. Uh, we believe in alternative investments, uh, real estate, mobile home parks, whatnot. And he gives solid, solid knowledge nuggets on how you want to be in control of your money instead of passing it off to a 401k or the stock market because you really don't have any control. So this is a episode that if you really want to level up your net worth, please break out your notebooks, okay? So sit back, relax, because here comes the prolific investor, my good friend, Chris Odegaard. Let's level up. Time to shine today. Podcast Varsity Squad. This is Scott Ferguson. And I have the most patient, persistent, really good friend of mine here, Chris Odegaard. He is the prolific investor. He is an alternative investment blogger and educator and author of Get Off Your Ass. And it's spelled A with two money signs. Get off your ass and manage your money, and I will have a free book giveaway. So listen to the end, and I'm going to make sure that a good friend, Chris Odegaard here, Hancocks it for you. But again, it's Get Off Your Ass and Manage Your Money, Why You Need Alternative Investments. Through his blog at prolificinvestor.net. Don't go there yet, because Chris is going to drop some serious knowledge nuggets on us um, on how to do it right. Uh, but he's going to, And also, there's a pretty sweet giveaway as well, so make sure you listen to the end. And through his blog, prolificinvestor.net, and his book, Chris Shows Investors Why Alternatives Are Vastly Superior to the Stock Market and the 401k Highway to Mediocrity. I freaking <laughs> love that. And Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Please introduce yourself to Time to Shine Today podcast varsity squad. But first, what's your favorite color and why? Red. It just makes a yeah? statement. It's red. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Ever man. since I bought the red Z06, you could never go back. Oh, yeah. you got the red Z06? That's awesome. That's I got a new awesome. one on order, too. I got another oh, one. Oh, wow. On yeah, I'm moving away. And it's funny because I'm from the Motor City and yeah, I had yeah. a ZR1 a while ago, like 06, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I moved, I moved into the Tesla now. You know, okay, so, well, you know, I do miss, but I do still have a couple Detroit muscle cars in the garage, but nice. like, that's awesome, man. That's the 06. Sweet, sweet. So no, I appreciate you coming on brother. And like, this, I'm super stoked for this because you're alternative. And a lot of people walk that path of uh, what they feel is safety. But as we've come to know here pretty recently, nothing's really safe. And I have a feeling that you can help people navigate those waters to help them level up. So if we can get to maybe the roots of your story, Chris. Yeah, well, I used to, you know, most of, most Americans are conventional investors, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, through their, their employer 401k, like you said, the 401k highway to mediocrity. Yeah. And that's what most people know. That's what most, most people do. And I was that guy for longer than, than I care to admit. And uh, in 2000, um, uh, 2009, I had a huge illiquidity event where I lost 55% of my asset, thousands of dollars a month. And it happened to be a divorce, but it could be a bankruptcy or any number of things. 
And so, and that was in my mid forties. And so all of a sudden, you know, this 401k highway to mediocrity that I was on just got exponentially worse. Right. And coincidentally at around that time, a friend said, Hey, Chris, you could read that. You should read this book. And he, I don't even think he knew what was going on with me at the time. It was just, it was just serendipitous. He said, you should read this book. And of course the book was rich dad, poor dad, by uh, the, Robert purple Kiyosaki, book, the purple yeah. book. Yeah. And, you know, I took the pill and uh, that was the beginning of a journey where I switched from, you know, uh, conventional investments to alternatives. Today, I have 1% of my portfolio in conventional things. So 99% is alternative. So that's how extreme I am and, and what a believer I am of that. But so I went from 2009, where I lost 55% of that. And then nine years later in 2018, uh, I fondly did what I call fire demand, left my corporate job. I never have to work again if I don't want to. And it would never have happened if I had stayed on that, that mutual fund path. And sure. so uh, alternatives are just so superior in, you know, all these different ways. And unfortunately, most people, you know, we grow up, friends, family, coworkers. I mean, there's, I might be the first person that your listeners have ever heard say your 401k sucks and you shouldn't do it. Don't <laughs> care about the company match. Don't care about the tax benefits. They aren't worth it. It's kind of like when the, the first guy came around and said that, you know, the world is round. Everybody thought he was crazy, right? Sure. So, <laughs> so let me ask them, Chris, why we know your story and mine runs so parallel to yours. Oh, eight, oh, nine. I lost my ass. Like literally. Mm -hmm. um, yep. What, why are the safe, and I'm saying that in air quotes, if you're not watching squad, why are safe investments not safe? Well, every investment has some element of risk, right? Yes, and 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 what people when when people look at me and say, "Well, the stuff that you do is risky," mm. and I look at their their stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, and I go, "Well, over the over the history of the S and P five hundred uh, since its inception, the average annual return has been about nine point eight percent." But studies have been done, and the average investor gets something over a little five percent. So if you're mm only getting a little bit of 5% average return uh, before taxes and inflation, especially in today's environment, that's not safe. You're actually, you're actually losing buying power by having your money in the stock market. And wow. so with conventional investments, I mean, I'm routinely getting 20% plus returns in real estate and other things. And they come with these magical things called depreciation, built-in tax benefits. So mm -hmm. in a lot of cases, I'm not paying any tax on that money. And the banks are with me in this because they like conventional investments and they will loan me money <laughs> to go buy them. You can't borrow money from the bank to go buy your, your mutual fund portfolio. So, so tell us what a conventional investment is. So anything that's publicly traded as a conventional investment, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, and then pretty much everything else is an alternative. So every, every form of real estate from single family, multifamily, mobile home parks, self-storage, you know, all that is uh, alternatives. Cash value life insurance is a great alternative. All the precious metals, private equity, commodities. So all the stuff that's not, so you got this big dividing line. It's real easy. Publicly yes, traded and non-publicly traded. So the alternative is the non-publicly traded, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. And you mentioned real estate, um, mobile homes, mobile home parks, yep. uh, precious metals. Yep. Cryptocurrency. Um, crypto. Okay. Gotcha. And I and love that you brought up like a lot of people that were schooled or went to school and taught by people that aren't doing it. 
um, in their real life, you know, um, they, uh, you have no control over what happens, correct? I mean, there's none. I mean, it, anything could happen. I, I lived through the Black Monday. I was alive for that in the late 80s and just seeing my dad's look and our neighbors and pooping their pants kind of, you know, thing going on. Yeah, yeah. And I love the alternative because I'm right there with you uh, with, with regards. I own a lot of real estate. I uh, actually have investments in mobile home parks, believe it or not, actually pretty close to where you're at, at yeah. there in South Carolina. So which one of those investments do you feel is the strongest or or is do you kind of mix the bag up as long as you have control, if, if that makes sense? Um, so and your so personal, personal preference, I mean, first of all, uh, amongst a whole lot of people, people, real estate is generally considered the best investment there is. Right. I happen to like multifamily the most mm-hmm. and and uh, do a little bit of, of self-storage and so those are those are my two favorites and and I like to do them via a syndication model where I'm a limited partner so which means you know I'm not getting my hands involved I basically hired somebody and called the general partner or the syndicator who's an expert you know in buying transforming and operating these multifamily places and all I have to do is pick the right you know, the right partner. And then I, what I like to say is I just wire off my money in about three or four years, it comes back with twice as many friends. And then we just rinse and repeat, you know, <laughs> I so. love it. Twice as many friends. I love that. And so with that being said, you do it kind of in a syndicate, how much control do you have over what's going on with, with that yeah. investment? I, I personally, so I personally don't have any control. I've completely okay put all my trust and faith in the syndicator. So if you were, and that is one of the negatives. So, you know, in the stock market, you don't have any control. You, you, you're, you're investing your money, no, you're not, a shareholder, right. and you hope that the, the executive team back there does what they're supposed to do. Now, if you buy a, a small uh, a duplex or fourplex or a small apartment building on your own, then you have all that control. Right. But the question is, is that what you're an expert at? So, so if I wanted to do that, then I'd have another job, which would be called, you know, you know, be, being the, the jack of all trades, uh, running this, this, this small business called right. a single family rental. So right. I don't want to, I, I have this religious aversion to trading my time for money, anything that sounds mm-hmm. like work, I don't want to do it. So that's why I like the syndication thing. I just, you know, so I don't have any, I don't have any control in that. Love it. And, in that. And when you're in that kind of syndicate, at least the ones that I'm in as well, I do some of the same that you do. Um, you have a little bit of say if something comes up, correct? Like you can alert them and say, listen, something isn't right as maybe ownership goes on, the, the there's vacancies and stuff like that, and they can get the people on it to help them level that up, correct? Because you well, have a little bit more say and control. Yeah, well, unlike, uh, you know, unlike uh, if I bought shares in Coca-Cola, I sure. would never be able to pick up the phone and call the CEO. I do have access, you know, to the to the the, the founders and the general partners exactly. on these deals. So, you know, I could get a hold of them for sure and, and right. put my input. If you know, you know, if I happen to see something or know something that's involved going on in that area sure. uh, of the country where one of these things is, or yeah, so I, I do have that. You know, uh, you know, I have the ability to reach those people. Sure, you have the input. At least they can you know, and make a decision on the fly if need be. I love, I love the way you're thinking because I was taught this in like 1999 by my, my mentor. Mm -hmm. And it's, he's like, listen, like you can, you you have like, people will be like building sites on their websites. They're doing 
everything they can for their money, but anybody at any time can shut you down, period. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, they can be like, oh, we can cut off this. You're not getting the searches. You're not getting this. Like you said, putting the money in the market, you have absolutely zero control where with what you're bringing up is you actually have some control a lot more than before uh, with that. So I can but, give you I can give you one example, you know, and, you know, the, with the, with this particular syndicator and a lot of them, it's it's the same model. Let's let's go into these places that maybe physically need some work, have been mismanaged a little bit. We can improve them, make it a better living experience for their tenants, yeah. and they'll be happy to pay more money. If, if you mm. give them more, then you've raised the value of the building. And sometimes this is, the, you know, the dog park or a fenced in backyard or a washer and dryer in the unit or just a remodel. And right. so I saw something just stumbled across where there was a company that was kind of like California closets, but they were doing it and coming in and do it in, in, a, in a, you know, in apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. And, and they had it and it was specifically designed. It. And so anyway, I got a hold of the, the, one of the general partners. I said, I'm going to say, hey, have you seen this? Here's the information. And they looked at it and, you know, it, it didn't appear to work for them. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's just me having the ability to, you know, provide some input. So. Right. And so how much of it was for you to like find investors? And how were you able to get them on board? Do you join groups or what, what's your strategy with that? So when you say fine investor, so I'm not doing any syndication myself. Right, right. But are you bringing people in to, do you actually find the properties or other people bird dog them, find them and no, no, in them? Or? Yeah, no, my job is to go out and find the best syndicator <laughs> that I can find who mm-hmm. specializes, whether it's apartment or mobile home parks and that. And then I just... Uh, you know, I get on for the ride and uh, I and tell everybody else what I'm doing, you know, on my blog. So I, I love that. I love it. So can you explain to our audience here exactly what a syndication is? Because a lot of them are like, how do I do what is a syndication? Yeah. So uh, if, if, if one of the people in your audience is driving down the street and they, you know, they see a, an apartment building under new management, they got the, you know, the big signs and everything. Here, here's our... Anyway, that is very unlikely that apartment building was purchased by one person with cash or even with one person with a down payment. So a syndication is in its simplest form is when a group of people say, I would like to buy that, you know, $80 million apartment building, but I don't have $80 million or the down payment. Let's get 50 or 100 people together, whatever it takes, and all contribute money. So you have... And so then there's a dividing line. You have the general partners. Those are the people that are basically organizing, putting the deal together. They're finding the properties. They're getting the bank loan. And then they reach out to investors. And then the rest of us are limited partners. And then we put up the money generally for the down payment and usually for some capital improvements. And then, and then we split the, the profit and losses. It's usually 60, 40, 70, 30, with the larger portion going to you know, the, the limited investors and the smaller port going to the, uh, the general partners are limited general partners. partners. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So do you actually teach this? Nope. No. Okay. No. No. Very good. Very good. So you, no. you really, you ever have anybody kind of come up to you and say, Chris, man, what do you do and how can I get involved? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, I will take this back. I did, I did a small syndication one time. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that I've invested in is ATM machines and also through a syndication model. And, you know, it was a, it was a, it was $104,000 minimum investment. 
And I was talking to a, a handful of other guys that I was working with at the time. And, and they said, we'd like to do that, but we don't have 104,000. I said, well, if you want, I'll put together a small company syndication and mm-hmm. we'll all put in, you know, whatever we want and we'll share the, you know, share the profits. So we've been doing that since about 20, I don't know, 2016 or something like that. And, uh, but uh, yeah, mostly I'm about education. I'm about getting people off of the 401k highway to mediocrity and have them start looking at these other investments that are, are just so superior. So the articles that I write, you know, about apartment syndications, you know, why, why having equity, a whole bunch, why having your account, your house paid off is just like sticking money under the mattress and you shouldn't sure. do that, you know, so right. all kinds of personal finance stuff uh, that most people aren't thinking of that are and when you start doing all of these things and adding them together, you can get to that point faster where you can make work a choice instead of a necessity. What do you think that the people's really their biggest blind spot is into moving away from the conventional to the um, to the alternative? Uh, well, it's 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 like like I was saying at the beginning, they've they've never heard of it. You know, right. every person they've ever come across put your money in the 401k. That's all they've heard. It's, it's, we get bombarded with the advertisements. Everybody we know is doing it. And you're this one lone person that's saying, Hey, everybody else is wrong and I'm right. 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 Yeah. And, and so it's, uh, it's the normal human nature of, of resistance to change and kind of that herd mentality. Well, everybody's going this direction. So I should go there too. And uh, we know that going opposite the crowd is usually where <laughs> by the time everybody's going in that direction, it's too late, you know? Right. So, so the opposite of the crowd can help them, you know, in, be enlightened, level up and, and kind of see, like you said, the alternative. So if someone, I'm just saying, so you wrote this book with regards to kind of getting off that 401k mediocre highway and whatnot, do do like when people read this or they see this or they see your blogs, is there any, did they reach out and ask you questions? Yeah. So I get a lot of, uh, you know, on my website, I have a, a there's a coffee cup and there's a, a free virtual 30 minute cool. coffee yeah. that you can have with me. So, yeah. uh, you know, the book is designed to, you know, after I did this and then, you know, I looked back, you know, during that nine year period where I, where I made up that money and multiplied it many times over. And I thought, wow, how could I, you know, it was one of those paths where it was one step forward, three steps back, two steps. How could I draw, you know, I, I know enough now to draw a straighter path to take, first of all, introduce people to alternatives, tell them all the reasons why they're better, what they are, and, and, and how could they move in that direction. And most of it's about education. They have to, they have, you know, you become what you yeah. think about. So you got to listen to this yeah. podcast. You got to start going to the seminars. You got to get yourself amongst these type of people. And, uh, and, and then, then you'll be in a group of people that where everybody's doing this instead of you being over here in this side where everybody's talking about 401ks and maybe getting a 5% average annual return instead of a 25% average annual return. I love that. I love it. And I, I remember when I was younger, I used to pitch for, I own like 82 single family. I don't do multi. I tried, I failed and just never felt comfortable with it. Cause I started there, but I used right. to approach people at gas stations and say, you know, would you like 12% return on your money? You know, see with some of the nice car and they'd be like, what? And they look at it and, you know, I tell them, you know, hey, we're going to purchase this property. You're going to be the first lien holder. You're going to be the first loss payee on any hazard insurance. Right. And, you know, I bring them in. That's how I built my right. little mini empire of, 
of real estate investing and able to pretty much buy everybody out over time and get right. their their investments back. I love I love this. So, is there any good question you know that when people reach out that you wish they would ask but never do? Oh. Um, no, well, nobody asked me what my worst investment was, you know, so <laughs> they haven't all been, they haven't all been roses, but I'm going to go back to what you just said a minute ago, when you were talking about how you approach people and you talked about being the first pay, you said a whole bunch of stuff in there. That's a, that's a financial language that the average person doesn't understand. Right. Right. You know, cause every industry has its own, its own language. And so yes, when, when people start talking about this, talk, you start talking about investing in notes and first and seconds and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, people, it's just, it's just, uh, you have to l- learn the language and you have Dude, to get you those people. you are so right. Because you and I could have coffee and talk about war stories and get it and mm-hmm. other people would be like, what? But, you, you know, a lot of the people is they get financially literate, if you will, for lack of a better term. They understand like, you know, you approach someone and say 12% of my money at that time. They're like, what? I'm getting 3% in the market or whatever. You know, how is that even possible? They get it. But you learn the language and do as the Romans do, if you will, of, of uh, abundance. Yes. Uh, and see, thank you so much for saying that. So let me ask you something. Have you saw the movie Back to the Future? Yes. Okay. Let's get in that DeLorean with Marty McFly. Let's go <laughs> back to the 22, the double deuce, 22-year-old Chris. Mm-hmm. Okay. The OG which that's his nickname for me, Squad. So let's go back to the 22-year-old the Chris. Is there any knowledge nuggets that you might drop on him that maybe not change anything because your journey's your journey, but you know, shorten the learning curve, level up, maybe just a little quicker? Yeah. Uh, well, you were talking about the when you approached the people about the single-family rental and mm-hmm. 12%, and I know what was going through that guy's head. is like, oh, well, that's too good to be true. Yeah. So here's the here's the one thing that I've learned over the years is when something sounds too good to be true, I start moving to it instead of moving away from it. Because what if it is what if it's not too good to be true and it is too and it is true? You know, when I tell people I routinely make between 20 and 30 percent average annual returns, that's that's too good to be true. It must be illegal, immoral or unethical. So, you know. Uh, have a childlike curiosity, and when and and when somebody presents something to you that just is completely different than you've ever heard before, don't run away from it. Walk towards it. Love right. It. So that would be that would be the advice I would give to me, you know, myself if I was 22. Right. Yeah, I love that. And if you don't know something, you know, like my good friend Leah Woodford would say, get your asking gear. Ask, ask stuff. Because <laughs> yeah. if it's you know you're, you you see it, you, oh, it's too good to be true, but. You know, you do the your due diligence. So another technical term out there, right? You do your due diligence yeah, and right. then get your asking gear and ask other people that might have did it and be like, hey. And then I, I love that you say move towards it. That's like that's like my marine friends out there. They move towards it. I love <laughs> it, love it. So then, how do you want Chris's dash remembered? That little line in between your incarnation date and your expiration date, your life date and your death date. How do you want your dash remember? Because you do it a lot for people on the download right now, okay? But how do you want your dash remember, Chris? Well, I want people to remember that he was an, he was honest and ethical and tried to always do the right thing. And basically, you know, my dad had a saying, uh, you know, and he said, hey, just Chris, if you just don't be a dick, you can really get far in life, you know? So <laughs> be nice to be nice to everybody, right? You know? Love it. You never know what can come around because I made that mistake. You know, I come from humble beginnings. My dad worked in the line at General Motors. He's my best friend in the world, but we have such different mindsets. Right. Uh, about stuff 
but I was a dick, dude. I, I made that money. I started printing money. This is 0304. You know, if you had a heartbeat and you said that you made $150,000 a year, here's your ninja loan, you know, kind of stuff and, yeah, yeah. and whatnot. But it came back to me. And that's where I learned, like you said, being humble, being curious and always looking to level up. So thank you for saying that, brother. So then what do you think then people misunderstand the most about Chris? Oh, that's a good question. Misunderstand? <laughs> I don't know. Nobody's ever asked me that question. No, no. I mean, <laughs> people are like, oh my gosh, that dude's a risk taker. Uh, but they don't realize how calculated you are. You know, I'll, I'll t- you know, I'll I'll tell you what people. I, I think a lot of people and 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 uh, somebody said this to me one time. I mean, I think people misunderstand and go, "Well, there's no way I could possibly do this. I don't have." You know, I talked to this one gal I used to know. She said, "Well, Chris, I've got four grandchildren." I'm like, "What the hell has that got to do with anything?" Right. 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 I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, there was a, I heard somebody say one time that you have to you have to have three hobbies: one that makes money one that exercises your creativity and one that, you know, challenges you physically. And people, uh, Jim Rohn had a saying, said, if you work on your job, you'll make a living. If you work on yourself, you'll make a fortune. So uh, if people ever want to get out of the rat race and someday where they don't have to work, or like I said, where they can make work a choice instead of a necessity, they have to devote some amount of time to how are they going to make more money than what their job provides so that they can invest and grow beyond that. So I think people misunderstand, people probably look at me like, oh yeah, well, he's got some advantage. How did he do this? I, of course, you know, I don't have time to do all that. Well, I did all this while I was, you know, an executive at a corporation and doing a lot of work and traveling and, and, you know, so uh, I I had my nine to five job and then I had my five to nine job right? Right. (laughs) that I did when I got home. And it was the five to the nine to five job paid the bills plus right. some and it was the it was the five to nine job that created the wealth and allowed Freedom. me to ditch the job it was what i learned to do with that extra money that well, i had man. and maximize all that stuff you, you you hear that squad it's something that i preach from the purple book quite a bit is you know work your day job but mind your own business you know and you that's go. that is is huge what chris just dropped there with regards to if you're passionate about something you're going to do the work. You're going to do the due diligence. You're going to help it level up. Like Chris did his five to nine job with that. And that, that's so paramount to whatever you want to get, because a lot of people do go to school for a specialty. They find out that really passion's not there. They see other things happening. If you do the work, you know, and mind that business, you can really grow it. And that's exactly what you did. I love it. So then what, if anything, keeps you up at night, Chris? <sighs> what keeps me up at night? Really, not much. Yeah, <laughs> not not much keeps me up. You know, I'm a little. I guess you know, you know, in this particular time that we're in, you know, which is a sure. very challenging time. There's a lot. There's lots of things going on. You know, I think about well, what, what how's my cash position? Should it be stronger? Right. Is the stuff that I've been doing for the last year, five years, going to continue to work? Right. You know, right. so uh, probably the kind of the same thing everybody else is is thinking sure. about uh i don't know that it keeps me up but it is it is kind of on my brain and right. uh, and i've really just been focused on increasing cash flow Good and it's you. it's kind of funny how people uh you know we we talk about this you know you become what you think about yeah. and there's all this manifesting stuff and you know since i don't know since probably the third or fourth 
quarter last year, I've been thinking about cash flow. Mm. You know, in apartment buildings, you know, it takes a lot of it takes a lot of investments in a syndication to produce ten thousand dollars a month of of income. Sure. Uh, and so, yeah. you know, and so it's like, okay, well, how am I going to get more cash flow? And so I've been thinking about this, and and here we are. Something's right. dropped into my lap. I've come across something. It's completely different than anything I've done before. I'm heading out first and second week of June to meet a couple, you know, business partners sure. and try something new. And, you know, it, it wasn't like I said to myself, oh, I'm just going to think about this and concentrate on it until it happens. But I was thinking about it. And so subconsciously, here we are, something completely out of the normal for me that I would have never thought I would do looks like I'm going to go do and hopefully I'll, I'll have something to talk about it, you know, in you know, 12 yeah. months. I love it. And I, affirmations are great. You know, my coaching clients, we have certain affirmations that we do, but I also like, I, I believe that our minds are programmed to solve problems. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it's evolution. It's exactly what it is, but so I have them ask the high level questions of themselves as well in a non-judgmental way. And I think that you do a lot of that, maybe even subconsciously, like how can I do this versus I'm rich, I'm this, I'm that, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I yeah. love that you're always asking some powerful questions. So Kristen, I think I might know the answer to this, but what is your definition of a life well lived? Uh, it's all about relationships. You know, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, you're going to have great relationships or you're not. And that's just going to all depend on how you treated people all, all the way down the, yes. all the way down the path. And, you know, one of the things, uh, one of the best things about this journey and building passive income is all the people that I've met doing yes. these virtual coffees, going to, you know, going to syndications, no matter. And, and, you know, there's a, I had put a, put something on Facebook or, social media, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And it was a, it was a quote in a picture of Steve Harvey. And he's the quote said, if you want to kill a big dream, tell it to a small minded person. So now I have all these large minded people in my community in, in my circle, I don't call the family and friends anymore and tell them about this business idea that I was just telling you about because they won't right. get it. I right. call, you know, I call a handful or of these people that I've met, you know, through through this journey that that are you know, open and big-minded people. Uh, so the, the relationships is, is really what it's all about. That's awesome that you said that. If you want to kill a big dream, tell it to a small-minded person. That that's that is so true. Too. And that, th those people will probably be you know your your friends from high school and yeah. and, and your 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 siblings and your parents and right. And doing, uh, it, so, doing it from a place of love, of course, you know. <laughs> yes. But usually it's the green-eyed monster that envy that they're like, oh. You know, that crab mentality. Oh, it's yeah. scary out there. Let's pull you back in. I love it. Love mm -hmm. it. Time to shine today. Podcast Varsity Squad, we are back. And OG, you and I are going to have <laughs> some fun here. You and I are going to meet up one day because I, I, I have some ideas. and I want to collaborate with you on a couple things for sure. Well, I'm overdue for a motor, motorcycle ride down in the there South. You go. Florida, Hi, there you go. You got a place to stay with good stuff. Um, you and I will talk 15, 20 minutes easily about each one of these questions. <laughs> but you got five seconds. With okay. no explanations. Let's so do it. I'm sure you're uh, familiar with the format. So let, let's rock this out. So what's the best leveling up advice Chris has ever received? Success is about persistence. Yes. Share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. Childlike curiosity. Ah, Having a childlike curiosity. Yes. Yes. So you see me walking down the streets. I might be yeah, not feeling it. Maybe I'm in my doldrums a little bit. Other than your book. What book might you hand me? <laughs> 
The Art of Exceptional Living by Jim Rohn. Yes, fantastic book. Love Jimmy Rohn. Awesome. So when you text, is there any favorite emoji that you like to use? You know, this one. <laughs> that one. <laughs> well, I don't know what, what the hell. I don't know. Because usually I'm saying something smart ass, and that's my way of telling people <laughs> it's a joke. Don't get offended, right? So other than OG, my uh, my nickname I gave you. Any other nicknames growing up? Uh, Odie say on the air. Yep, Odie. Odie was the big Odie. nickname. Yeah, I love it. He was the he was the dog too in uh, Garfield, I think. Right? Oh, there you so go. Really... And some, a lot of people still call me that. So love it. I love that. I love it. So chess checkers or Monopoly? Monopoly. All right, very cool. I figured you'd say that too. What's your go-to <laughs> ice cream flavor? Oh, chocolate chip. Nice. There's a sandwich named the Odie. What's on that sandwich? <laughs> uh it is uh it is a uh it is a cheeseburger with pepper jack and onions and tomatoes oh. and bacon <laughs> yeah bacon man candy dude you and i are hanging out for sure <laughs> so you have access to a time machine for one day okay to go anytime in the future anytime in the past but you'll come back to today nothing yep. can change but where would you go I want to go back and sit down with Abraham Lincoln during the yeah. tough times of the Civil War and just really know what he was thinking. And, uh, you know, just such a difficult time. I think it would be fascinating and keep him from going to Ford's Theater, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, he, uh, it's funny you say that. I'm breaking my own rule here. But like one of the books that changed my life when I had lost everything in 0809 was a book called The Traveler's Gift by Andy Andrews. And Andy Andrews, fantastic, fantastic author. It's a business parable, if you will, or life parable. But the guy like is gets uh, he loses his corporate job. His daughter's dying, so he figures, "Hey, I'll run my car into a tree and die." And he hits the tree, and all of a sudden, he wakes up in 1945 in, in front of oh. Give Him Hell, Harry Truman, uh, yeah. the day before he, we dropped the bomb in Hiroshima, and Nagasaki. Yeah. Well, you know, he he learned a lesson about the buck stops with me. That's what. <laughs> Truman used to always say, like, taking responsibility. But then he has a conversation with Lincoln right before mm. he's about to have the uh, uh, Gettysburg Address. Wow. And it, the, the, the way that Andy wrote that chapter, you would appreciate it for just saying going back to Lincoln. So the traveler's gift, huh? Yes, sir. Andy Andrews. Great guy. Okay, cool. Great guy. Thank you. All right. I'll get us back on track. Here. <laughs> Is there any favorite charity and or organization you'd like to give your time or money to? Yeah, I'm really drawn to things for veterans and children. Uh, mm -hmm. So one of them is Leap Missions, uh, leapmissions.org. And they're, you know, doctors that travel around the world and, you know, perform, you know, all kinds of uh, medical procedures on people that otherwise, you know, wouldn't get wouldn't them. Get it. Is that elitemissions.org? Leap, Leap, L-E-A-P. Leap, oh, Leap. Missions. Okay, Leap gotcha. Donnie, put yeah. that in the show notes, please. Awesome. Thank you. And last question, we're going to elaborate on this one as well, but what's the best decade of music? 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s? 70s. Yeah? <laughs> you like 70s. Can I ask how old you are? Uh, 59 and a half. <laughs> so when do you turn 60? In December? Uh, July. Yeah, July. Oh, July? Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, you yeah. turn 60 I will July? turn 60 in July, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice, man. Nice. Awesome. I just turned 50. So we're only a decade apart. That's awesome. So then how can we find you, Chris? Yeah, if you go to my website at theprolificinvestor.net, and if you go to the Keep in Touch page, there's a little contact form, name, email, and if you put in there Time to Shine, I will send you my one-hour video presentation on why you need alternative investments. Love that. Love that. And squad, that'll be in the short notes as well. And we're going to do a book giveaway here as well. Um, but get off your ass and manage your money. Uh, yep. Talk to us a little bit about your book here, Chris. 
Yeah, so it's a it's a really it's a real easy read. It's just uh, like about 120 pages, and it's a it's got a bunch of color pictures and everything. And basically, uh, you know, I, I you know, there's a little bit about my story, but then I talk about you know, what are conventional investments? What are alternatives? What are the four asset classes? And then I created something. You can see this here. It's called the uh, this is the hierarchy of investors. Love it. And so the, what I do is you know I. I I make fun of conventional investors. They're in the shadow of the pyramid where, where it's dark and dingy and damp. They're not even on. And then you get on the pyramid and that's where all the magic happens. And then I compare alternatives to conventionals across 13 different categories. And uh, the only advantage that conventional investments have over most alternatives is, is liquidity. Every sure. other one is either neutral or in the favor of alternatives. And then I take one of my investments, I picked ATM machines because it's an investment and it just gives you a, a fixed amount of cash every month. And I go uh, and I use that as an example to go across these 13 categories. Uh, I talk about, you know, the investments in general, but then I say, okay, well, how did the, you know, how does, how do ATMs perform in terms of their cash flow, return on investment? Are they insurable? Can you use leverage? Uh, you know, do they have diversification? So uh, and and then and and I talk about why four hundred one k suck in there. Right. <laughs> couldn't couldn't get away from that. And then it's like and there's also a uh, checklist, an action guide that people can download uh, when they get the book. And it it kind of walks them through how do you get started. And unfortunately, unlike conventional investments where you could say, oh, I, you should go invest in this Target Vanguard fund. I can't tell people which alternative. They should invest in because there's so right. many of them. You you so have many. to get you have to get the education and find out what's yes. for you. Some people like notes. Some people like mobile home parks. Some people want to do private lending. Some people private equity, apartment building. So you have to figure that out by changing the people that you hang out with and changing what goes into your mind. And so uh, so that that's what the book's all about. And. Uh, hopefully at the end of it, people, you know, if I did my job, they'll go, well, I'm going to get off this 401k highway at the very next exit, you know? Sure. I love it. I love it. And it, it's so much squad. It's about really education. Uh, you find that passion and know that there's alternatives out there that you got to learn it. He's not saying, oh, it's just easy. It's, it's so easy to do. But if you, if you're passionate about something, you will take the time to learn it. And I want to do a book giveaway. If you put level up your money in any of the social media, whether it's Pinterest, Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever uh, our team posts this, then we will get a signed copy from Chris out to you uh, on time to shine today's uh, dime. Um, also, if you're listening to this, and I don't know if the price will be that right now, but I'm the paperback, which I prefer it, because I just like to still hold books, but the Kindle right now is only 99 cents. And it might not be that right this second because this show will drop a little bit after this recording, but um, it's super affordable. Pick up the paperback. It'll be well worth your time um, and help you level up and kind of maybe push you over that hump. And Chris, do me one last yeah, favor. There you go. It looks, it looks like this. It's a really like good that. looking book. <laughs> love it. Love it. It is solid. It's a solid looking book. Well put together. Chris, do me a favor and leave us with one last knowledge nugget we can take with us and internalize and take action on. Oh. Um. This might be a little longer. So for those of you that are that are on this 401k highway, and that is your primary vehicle to retirement or financial freedom, 92% of you will never get there. Because in order to have 
in order to uh, achieve the median income in retirement in the United, and the median income is around $65,000 a year. And if, if that's how you wanna retire, and that's good enough for you, that's fine. But using something that financial planners use, the three or 4% rule, which you realize you have to have a multi-million dollar 401k portfolio and sure. only 8% of Americans will ever be millionaires, much less a multimillionaire. Wow. So those of you who think you're gonna get there, 92% of you are gonna fail. Wow. If that's your primary vehicle. And uh, that'll, be, that'll be in the video. <laughs> wow. I'll, I'll go through that a little bit more. So, wow, that, that, that's strong. That's it, the rest basically will fail just because the follow up and, and you're not really in control of what's going on where you are with the alternatives. I love that. And, and squad, we got a free masterclass here from my really good friend, Chris Odegaard, the prolific investor. And, you know, a lot of us are conventional investors, including me. I still have a little bit of money in the market and whatnot, but I've learned to diversify into different things alternative through the years. Um, but again, you're not in control of, of your money. And I would strongly recommend, uh, just for a really quick crash course, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book that both Chris and I use to really kind of change our, our mindsets and, and kind of shift it to the alternative. You know, you, you lose your buying power by having your money in the stock market. You know, alternative investments, again, you have more control over. You know, Chris had a religious aversion uh, to trading time for money. And Still everybody... <laughs> out there should as well. You know, work on educating yourself what a syndication is, uh, how you can get, you know, basically your vibe attracts your, attracts your tribe. If you're vibing out there that you want to learn something new and you're putting in the work, the people will show up if you're putting in the work. You know, a lot of the, the crowd, they run away from alternative where people like Chris and myself and a lot of the people that I, that are part of my squad, they kind of run towards it. You know, they, they want to learn and see what there is to level up. It might be too good to be true. It might not be too good to be true. There's, but you'll never know until you really dig in. So again, go opposite to the crowd, get your asking here, go the alternative path. You know, if you're working with somebody that maybe has made money in any of the investments, either the conventional or alternative side, ask them what their worst investment was and the lessons that they learned from. There's no, and if they're real true human beings, they're going to tell you war stories because they're going to see that you are uh, genuinely interested. You know, is he's going to be remembered as somebody that's honest, ethical, and did the right thing. And he just wasn't a dick. You know, you know, we have three hobbies in life, you know, make money, exercise, creativity, and challenges physically. And every day, is we talk about here at Time to Shine today, you should be trying to level up and build harmony between those three uh, three solid, solid uh, knowledge drops that uh, Chris added here. You know, and again, make work a choice, not a necessity. Work your day job, but mind your own business. You know, it's all about the relationships. So make sure you treat people well. And uh, he dropped <laughs> this awesome uh, from Steve Harvey, if you want to kill a big dream, tell it to a small-minded person. So again, <laughs> level up your tribe, get out there. Yes. And like only 8% of people that conventionally invest will become millionaires and, and squad million dollars doesn't really take you that far, you know, through life. So you have to continue to level up. I promise you, if you get into alternative investments, like Chris did, like I have, you know, you will reap the rewards if you do the work. And Chris, you level up your health, you level up your wealth. You're humble, yet you're hungry, you're curious. I love it, man. You earned your varsity letter here at Time to Shine today. Thank you so much for coming on, brother. I love your guts. Thanks a lot. It was, it was my honor and pleasure to be on here. Appreciate it. Excellent. Chat soon, Chris.
Take care, man. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Time to Shine Today podcast. Probably brought to you by Sutter and Nugent Real Estate, real estate excellence, who can be reached at 561-249-7266 and online at www.sutterandnugent.com. If you are a business owner or professional who would like to be interviewed on Time to Shine Today, please visit timetoshinetoday.com slash guest. If you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a link in the show notes to our website. Also there, you will see our recommended resources. We hope that you will support our show by supporting them. If you like what you've been listening to, it'd be great if you could just give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe while you're at it. I'm your host, Scott Ferguson, and until next time, let's level up. It's our time to shine.